$5.69 we saw today, Frank, for gas. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. So, you know, I, I sort of figure you're going to have to get cheap. You're going to have to try to save the money somewhere, right? So I've got a lot of little tools and, or tricks I'm doing lately, Frank. I was making myself coffee the other day before we left for this course anyway. And I'm looking at this Keurig K-cup in the garbage can I just threw over there, and I'm thinking, there's probably some flavor left in that Keurig K-cup. <laughs> So what I started doing was digging the wet, soggy, frickin' grinds out of the Keurig cake cups after I use them, put them in a little pot, pour a cup of water in there, and bring it to, you know, I'm not, I'm not quite a simmer. I'm squeezing another cup of coffee, a free cup of coffee that I would have thrown away out of, a, out of three Keurig cake cups. Frugal's a word. That's it, man. I'm a cheap bastard now, buddy. Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide. Staff Sergeant Taylor. Man, what a great run this was, oh huh? Oh, my God. I lost my voice, as you can tell. Um, all kinds of stuff going on, so I'm going to try to let Mark do some of the talking. Yeah, we, um, we, we get it home. We, we moved out to the lodge a week ago, and we had a massive PR1, 16 students, really clean line. Everybody with nice equipment. Man, we had a, we had a really good time at that course. There were some good guys there. We made we made miracles happen, you know. Yeah, I mean, they get excellent shooters all the way around. I mean, it it this process has been edited down, and it's seamless now. It's flaw. It's it's got to be the best program to turn, you know, zero to hero as far as shooters go in a short amount of time. I mean, they're looking good. They're shooting good, and it's just I I, I got to believe in the program. Yeah. And, and we, you know, up to 16, 16 is a big number. And for everybody to get that unique attention that they need, that, that uh, detailed scrutiny, that could be hard to do, but mm -hmm. it's not. No. But the problem is it's not. I mean, and every, nobody feels slighted. Everybody gets more than enough attention. Um, it was just a real good time, man. I like what the range has done. You know, we got the 100-yard burn back. We're good. Everything's all good there. They put out a little bit more. They put a burn behind the 900, burn behind the 8. We're catching all the misses now. Guys, we're not, we're not wasting your ammunition. This is not an expensive ammunition course. You just need to bring 120 rounds, you know, and, and you'll be good. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So um, Just uh, efficient is, is the word for sure. And in this time, not wasting <clears throat> ammo is important. So that's, that's one of the things that... Um, you know, that, that we're, we're looking out for that shooter. We're trying to do best that we can by the shooters that are coming up. And then, but even think about this, the, the corporate class at the end of the week. Because these are guys that really aren't... Don't paying, know what to expect. Right. They, and they're in, they did not seek us out. You know, they're told, <coughs> hey, as a reward, me. we have this opportunity. Who wants to go to this class? Yeah. And we get 12 guys in. With a huge variety, majority of pencil thin hunting rifles, subpar scopes. I mean, I got one. One of the guys' scopes did not adjust beyond 500 yards. So then I started using the reticle, and I was able to not only use the reticle, and the reticle only worked for him like to 600 yards. It was a BDC. Yeah, but it only had two tick marks. Um, duplex. <clears throat> the reticle worked to 600 yards. How did I get him to seven and eight? I turned his variable variable power down on his second focal plane scope and increased the distance there so that he can hold over to 800 yards. We were using the same aiming point, except we were dialing down his magnification, which actually pushes the aiming point out there as yep. if you're going as if you're going down 
another notch or two. But we got him out to 800, and then he switched over to Frank's rifle for the 9,000, so yep, he wasn't yep. cheated or nothing. So, I mean, man. It was, it was awesome, dude. Um, then we did a PR2. That humbler kicks their ass, doesn't it? It kind of does. Yeah, that humbler absolutely kicks their ass. And, and then after they just, the humbler, humbler abolished them, I laid down and just tink, 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 hit, hit all three, you know, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. it, to show them that it can be done. Absolutely. Um, it, it's, it, it's not anything. It's go up, drop down in two minutes, and shoot three targets. And most people are just loading the round like a minute 30. And so we did a lot of speed stuff with them. I did the dot drill again. Oh, I dropped my mic. The, the sniper side dot drill to get them quicker. They shot the shit out of that, They too. shot the hell out of the dot drill. We did the um, craft drill in PR2. We did the sniper side dot drill, got them up and down off their bellies. Um, you know, the craft stuff was illuminating. We had two shooters that... You know, one guy's 3M away, one guy's 4M away, right within spec. And then we had a guy that was 10M away. You know what I mean? And so you can see such variety where there's guys that are like that 3 and 4, and then you get the other end of the spectrum where they're in the 10s. And it literally looks like they shot with a shotgun. And that's what it's about to be this well-rounded marksman, to be able to shoot from these multiple positions and we didn't give them time limit, really. We just said, build your position as best you could and then transition to the next one and give me your three shots on these on these targets. And it's hard for people, man. I mean, you can't underestimate <coughs> that rifle craft stuff, you know? You, you really, really can't un underestimate it. It's a great tool, man. It really is. And uh, we had a good time with it. Everybody got along famously. The um, class interaction's important. And when you're staying up here and you're staying at the lodge, because a lot of these guys stayed the four days. And so they just gel really well and they feed off each other. And I'm going to come back to that a little later. Because um, on Saturday, I went to Arctic Guardian, which was the LE competition up here. James Drayton puts yeah, that on. Yeah, James Drayton put on. But um, I'll get to that in a minute. But there's a mindset thing here. There's... Um, like positive energy is infectious, you know? And so if you're putting out positive energy to these guys, if they're all feeding off positive energy because of the relationship together, then, you know, it, it's uh, it's really, really good. And, and everybody improves well, down Well, like the corporate class, they know each other from work. Yes. But do they really? And now they spend two nights in the lodge, you know, uh, hammering it out, uh, having a couple beers and whatnot. We sort of behaved ourselves. The corporate guys, these these guys mm. did, and and um, but now you know when they when they see each other at the water cooler, whatever happens, they're shooters, man. You know mm -hmm. they've been to a thousand yards. I say it's it's a whole new deal, and this is based on I'm telling you this based on feedback that we got, you know from from Gene and and um, basically he said Chuck. it's a whole a Chuck. It's yeah. a whole new day for us because of this outing that we had. And I think it's really unique. You guys ought to think about that. If you've got a big enough organization where you can scramble together 10, 10 or 12 uh, shooters, you know, even marginal equipment, it doesn't matter, man. We get through anything. We plow through anything. But it's going to give you a working relationship. You're going to bond. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> you know, we're, didn't we have a, a, another Savage issue? Yeah, we had a Savage issue. And... 
It's the we, older guns. We hate still. we. Oh, it was a stealth, wasn't it? Yes. It yeah. was that same. It was that same stalker self model. Guys, if you own one, I get it, man. They're sexy. You got to take it apart and put it back together. You got You got to make this thing work. You know. Get some Loctite on it. Yep. Get some stuff. Um, they, they, they just, it's, it's the older ones that we that that timing wise we still had that model with. Um, but they shake apart, man, and and the guys can't get through. 120 rounds. It's a pretty lightweight gun. It is, but they're not getting through 120 rounds without things coming loose. And so, uh, you know, I, right now the biggest successes we're seeing is continued with the RPRs. Um, most people are, are definitely <coughs> going towards upgrading them. The RPRs have been performing fantastic. And then Tikas, man, the Tikas, even the hunting line of Tikas, Chuck had that Tika hunting rifle. Hammer. He made me buy. He bought it for me. He made me order him an ultralight. He wanted an ultralight uh, hunting gun, and I said, "Well, that's going to suffer just a little bit on on the range. You know, on the range with 120 rounds." He didn't care, and and he shot the shit out of it. Well, we, you know, you, you pop suppressors on. Yeah, we put suppressors on three or four of the guys and and lo as loners, and they and now they're. I, I just placed an order on the way home. Yep. So so it, I mean, it is what it is. Anytime you can suppress somebody, especially in these bigger calibers. Um, you know, the hunting style that wants to jump around and explode in their hands, um, you know, it, it's going to tame it and they're going to have them much better. And Mark comes up with just so many suppressors and as the demo ones and all that stuff, it's pretty easy to find people on the line that are threaded correctly to say, hey, do you want to use a can for the course? Yeah. And, it's, and, a, it's a life changer. Yeah, it really does. Um, you're so, putting a concentric weight on the end of your barrel, so you're taming harmonics. It's going to make you a better shooter, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, we had that one can issue, too. We had the guy uh, who couldn't group with the can on. We had oh, to take his can off. We had to take, it was a, um, I think it was an uh, armament a -A AAC. It was an AAC. Yeah, it was an older AAC with the latches, uh, 90, 90, what did you say, 90-something? Yeah. or Oh, 91 tooth AAC yeah. one. Um, guys, you, here's, and here's what's going on. This is important. We're watching you. Okay, we're looking at the shooter, and we're not really paying attention to the groups as much in the beginning. I mean, we want them zeroed up well on target and on paper when we do the 100-yard uh, stuff, and we're expecting a minimum. But then we're expecting to see improvement as we go. So what we do is we zero everybody, we dope them out <clears> to <throat> distance, then when we come back, we check zeros again to see what scopes don't return to zero, what moved, what did this, what did that. And then usually we see like marked improvement in groups like Wayne, uh, you know, fucking guy shoots and shooting quarter minute groups. Now he was, uh, and I'll get it back to that. But, um, so he did not improve the way we believed he should have because fundamentally watching this man, shoot, <coughs> he's doing everything right. So now we have to go through the process of diagnosing why is this person not showing us better results on paper? And that's where we start to look at equipment. And the first thing with that type of can, we're going to diagnose it because it has, like Mark says, the, the latches. It's got moving parts. Moving parts on it. Sure enough, we take that can off, shoot a group, and instant improvement. The guy goes from like a minute and a quarter, minute and a half shooter down to five eights. You know, and, and the, the, most people, factory rifle, factory ammo, and you know, it's it's these these pieces of equipment don't always flow together. You know, yeah. the, the, it, it sometimes they work better, sometimes they don't, and that's why you know better equipment 
is, is going to shine. And then the thing with Wayne, because he comes to the course, man, he, he's a repeat um, student. His third time. Yep. And he teaches in the off time his daughter something biathlon. Yep. She's on the shooting team at her, at her high school. Right. And so when he showed up and he's like, man, I'm having some issues. And, and I'm like, immediately I see, I go, dude, I could see right now you got biathlon he went, yeah, scars. He went, yeah, he went back to. Um, mm -hmm. I go, you got biathlon scars. We got to get you back on a precision rifle. He laid down like an Olympic style shooter. Right, yeah. right. And then he was, he got a new rifle, had a new thing made. He, he had a, 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 a GA precision done up and put it in a Kadex chassis. And the Kadex has that really rubbery, you know, grip on it. The grip is really crazy. And he goes, man, I got this rifle. I love this grip. And he was gripping it. And I'm like, Wayne, you're, you're squeezing the grip. And he goes, yeah, man, it feels so great. I kind of feel like it's like my dick. And he's crazy. gripping it. And I'm like, dude, play with your dick on your own time. Yeah. You got to shoot this thing right. Yeah. And, you know, I put him back into his position and instantly the gun went down and started shooting quarter minutes like little bitty groups and he's like yeah man wow just these little things that i still think i'm pressing that trigger fine and what big a difference can it be whether my thumb is here or here whether i'm doing this or that you know because i feel my trigger press is still great and it is but he was disappointed with his rifle until we put them back to where we wanted them. <clears throat> it's all fundamentals. Yep. There, there was no mechanical there. It was all no, fundamentals. And that's the thing. It, it, it's like, you know, we say certain things like, um, the, you know, these, these little bitty things that a lot of people say don't matter. That doesn't matter. You know, look at this guy. He's still a fantastic shooter. You, you know, especially down with the, the PRS type crowds. I, I like that kid, man. I don't know who you are, dude. Um, the the mullet blonde hair PRS kid with the bright yellow stuff and those neon type shades and everything and he zips up on the moped. The kid has a point. He's like, <coughs> you know, if you're shooting that 26 pound dasher, you might not be as good as you think you are. That weight, that stability, those inherently accurate rounds are fooling you because the gun's doing a lot of the work, especially when you got a four ounce trigger. So it does go to say the lower, the lighter the trigger, the heavier the gun, the better the rifle's going to shoot. Okay, that's cool. But you still are a big part of that component. And if you shoot better, well, then maybe you can notch that gun's weight back a little bit. Maybe you don't need 26. You can get away with 18. You know, maybe it's just the balance of it now. And that balance... Uh, you know, brings the gun's weight down a couple pounds. You can't replace fundamentals with, with uh, sexy. Well, they do. Sexy, I mean, they do when they can. Yeah. And it works for them to a degree. But there's always going to be, why did that one go where it went? What happened? Because these guys will all still have those flyers and these misses. Well, uh, you said something the other day that was really interesting. If I hand them a TRG-22 in three oh eight, they fall apart. Right, right. I'm going to give you a TRG-22, and I want you to show me what you're doing with your game gun. It's not going to happen. You know what I mean? It's definitely not going to happen. And, and so I think that's kind of important kind of point to stress and, and to test yourself and look at it. If you think you're a whiz-bang with your game gun, 
what do you show me what you're doing with something like that 22 that TRG 22 yeah you know look can you can you print similarly speaking of heavy guns heavy recall man I got the flashback to Staff Sergeant Taylor yesterday we're at the competition and I hung out with my buddy Rob and and Joe Butler at their stages you know just just sort of floating between stages I didn't have a job but but being being Staff Sergeant Taylor, I couldn't stop coaching, man. Oh, as dude. soon as as soon as guys came off of this blind the blind uh, thousand yard stage, I said, "Hey, can I offer you some feedback?" <laughs> it turned into a freaking. It was like pulling a pin on a oh, grenade. Wait, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna t- so you, we're going to Arctic Guardian already. All right, so here we go. So James Drayton up here, great guy, helps us out, doing a lot of stuff. Um, assists all you know for a while. He puts on an LE event called Arctic Guardian invites all these teams from all over the place to come up here and shoot sort of a three-gun match. It's handgun, carbine, bolt gun. And so he's like, hey, Frank, you know, your classes are over Friday. Do you want to stay over and shoot? And I'll put you with one of the guys local and shoot um, Arctic Guardian. And then you go home Sunday. And that's what I'm doing. Ah, James, I'll do that. What do I care? You know, no big deal. So I start. I'm in... I'm in squad one, which is the super squad. I have the APD team that won from last year, student of ours. And, um, you know, I'm with a bunch of hotshot Air Force guys, the AVSOC dudes, and then one team of Air Force guys that are just regular Air Force. And these kids were lights out. They were great with the handgun and carbine. Oh, my God. So, um, I go and start off, and I'm team five, and Ellie and I, and we go the handgun, and I just don't want to embarrass myself with a handgun. Like, I haven't touched the handgun since Chris asked me, you know, about a, two months ago, hey, you want to go shoot a handgun for a minute? Yeah. And, like, all my red dots, the batteries are dead. All this stuff is going on. I, you know, when the round doesn't go off, I'm, I'm pushing the nose, low left. Yeah, I'm an awful handgun shooter. And it's like, all I want to do is not embarrass myself with the handgun. So we go up, and there's these two plate racks, and they make you... It's, it's, it's these procedural stuff, right? You got to do it this way, this way, this way. So I look at it, and we're the first squad. And I said, hey, there's a short rack and then a long rack and then some pepper poppers in the middle. Can I shoot, you know, can, can he hit the long rack? Because we have to alternate. He shoot, I shoot. He shoot, I shoot. Can I hit the long rack and, or the short rack and he hits the long rack and I'm going to work from left to right. He's going to work from left to right. And they're like, no, you have to alternate targets. So I got to shoot at the long ones. I'm like, fuck. Luckily, he's a, he's a pistolero. Um, got good training. And he's an IT guy. Yeah, he's an IT guy. Well, he's a, he's a lieutenant colonel in the Marines. Yeah, inside, he's that too. He's yeah, a inside reserve joke. lieutenant colonel. He, he's, he, he, so anyway, um, but he's an office worker. <laughs> so uh, he, we go through. I, I hold my own. We get a, we get a couple procedural. Um, I ended up. My last target, I hit it and it didn't fall over, and it was like my last round. I'm like, you motherfucking, of course, that always happens to me. But um, I get through that relatively unscathed because the guys in my squads were hammering it. They were fast. So then we go over to the carbine stage, and I'm like, whew, I'm done with the pistol stuff. I'm, I'm out of that. So go over to the carbine stage, and how it starts is we're at the 200-yard range. You start on in the prone at 200 yards. There's um, uh, uh, 12 and 6 inch plate on the left and right side, and then like another 12 inch plate in the middle. So you got to shoot left, right, 
center, and then get up and run 100 yards to a barricade. Then you have to be behind the barricade. It's one of the VTAC, uh, the Vikings tactics or whatever, cutouts. Um, you have to be behind the barricade. Muzzle can't go through or even touch the barricade. Really, nothing can touch the barricade. you got to do three shots on paper, uh, IPSC for score, and they have a one, two, three, four score zones. So basically, the edges are one, the bottom is the two, the center is the three, and the head is four. And you got to do six shots from over there from two positions, or three and three, two positions. You got to change position. So I go through that, and, and, and originally I, was, I borrowed a rifle. I'm going to shoot EOTech originally. And then I'm like, ooh, this is kind of precise. So Elliot's got a um, Vortex one to six. So I said, listen, I'm just going to um, share uh, his rifle. Uh, hang on a second. Text my house and tell her we're podcasting. Yeah. Okay. She keeps blowing my shit up. Um, anyway, so. Uh, so uh, then you got to run over. So you got, you go to the outside of the lane. You're running outside of the lane, and you you go to that barricade. Then you got to run across, drop down prone, and you have to shoot a precision on paper again. Then you got to get up, go across, drop down prone, precision on paper. There's like six <coughs> paper targets. Precision on paper. Then you got to run over, do another barricade the other direction. From there, you got to run down towards the 50, shoot on the move with the steel in the middle, then drop down and precision your last rounds and everything, like 27, whatever around, like almost 30 rounds, 28 rounds or something in three minutes so you're hustling so um elliot runs first he he does a great job comes back and then like I, he goes man i had a lot of time left because he went fast he's bigger dude long legs so i'm like man i'm old i'm gonna go a little slower so i was lucky that my last round bolt comes back <clears throat> timer goes off buzzes ends my time well when i go down to score i got a really good score and it was like I mistaked several times when I was on those barricades and floating behind into the head. <laughs> so, Got the extra point. Yeah, yeah. So it was funny that, like, I, I wanted to, I was like, I want body shots in the three, you know? And so I, I mistaked a few into the head, which was great. Got a good score on that. I come around the corner. So now you got to walk down the end of the uh, of the those tar, uh, ranges. There's, like, uh, four ranges there. And you got to go... About an eighth of a mile down and around the corner to the long range area where Mark and I teach the class. And there's Mark holding class during the competition, <laughs> like on a break. He's teaching these army kids and he's holding class. And, and he's like, Frank, I'm going to show these kids and do this and do that. And I want you to do a demo right now and just take it out of play plate over there at 800. And, um, you know, just drop down and give them three shots and show them, you know, the process. How easily this right. can be done. And because and they, they were having terrible times, not getting any hits, timing out, not doing this. I didn't see it. Mark's there. So I'm going to let him tell it in a minute what his observations were. So I just <clears> throw <throat> my rifle down, line it up. I dial up my, or I didn't even dial up anything on the gun, put it up, stack my mags. I go through our process. I drop in, dial on my turret, dry fire, right? Go live, boom, boom. Three on the plate, 800 yards. And the kids are like, they said, I, you heard him. I, like, i never seen that. I'm like, who's never seen that? Yeah. yeah. I, I, 
Here's how it all went down for me. I, I was hanging out. I'm watching teams go through, and I'm offering a little bit of feedback. Hey, sir, you willing to take a little bit of feedback? Yeah, okay, here's what I saw from an from a instructor standpoint. And I would give them a little bit of feedback. Everybody appreciated it. Then these young kids start, these handsome young kids start showing up with sniper T-shirts on, and I'm like, okay, then. There's a whole section yeah, okay, army then. of 506. So I, I watched them shoot, and they really were a little raw. You know, they, they needed some tuning up. So basically, I just threw a grenade, a knowledge grenade out there, and we started holding class. And I said, look, guys, don't only do this if, if it's going to turn you on. If you're going to get turned off by it, I'll just step back and, you know, just watch, you know. No, sir, please, please, please. So I launched a grenade at him, man, and we went all through the, the fundamentals and, and positioning. I mean, they, they had these big, heavy um, uh, 30 cals, 300 wind mags. What did you say it was? A, a Mark 2020? 2010. 2010. Yeah, yeah, okay. 2010 model. They anyway, have really they have heavy rifle. Push buttons. In the 2010s and 300 wind. A couple bags. of them weren't even using rear bags. We're shooting at 1,000 yards. They're not using rear bags, so I threw them one of my new rear bags. They loved it. Um, just, I got the whole court, man, and it felt really good. Uh, they really appreciated it, and, and I told them, I said, look, the Army's never going to pay for Mark and Frank to, to give you guys a class. It's just too much bureaucracy, too much red tape, so I'm going to do it for free. I gave him my, my card, uh, one of the section guys, and I said, you call me, and we're going to set up a day where I'm going to come up here for free, and I'm going to tune you guys up, and I'm going to change your, change your world. Yeah, yeah. Because absolutely. there was just a lot they were missing. Uh, they're young. They're raw. Uh, a couple of them haven't been to sniper school yet, whatever. But I'm going to give them the full on, and, and we're going to change their world, dude. Uh, and, oh, I forgot the one pistol stage, too. They had another long pistol stage run. And it's funny. Like, so the super kids in my squad do this pistol thing in 55 seconds. The APD guys and my teammate, they're doing it in 75 to 80 seconds. So you had to do this big, long pistol run, really involved back and forth, a 100-yard shot, um, you know, supported. You had to go, you had to run like to 50 and shoot like standing prone uh, or uh, standing, kneeling prone, kneeling, standing. And I do my run. I get my hits. I do okay. But my time is like 150. So I'm three times slower than these Air Force kids that are half my age, you know. And so I get through that w without really too much damage on me. I'm like, okay, I'm slow on my times. My hits are okay, but ugh, it, it, it did me no favors. I just didn't embarrass myself. So then I go up to Mark's, uh, where Rob's there, and his stage is my first stage in the long range. And it's a blind target stage or a defilade shot. It was crushing people, Frank. It, well, you explain because I didn't see it. It was you. absolutely crushing people's morale. Well, explain what, what it was. was because I can't um, the, the The spotter stands up behind the shooter, <clears throat> and there's a big board out there, a big 4x8 uh, board out there at, two thir at about 880 maybe, something like that. But it's obstructing the 1,000-yard plate. You can only, the shooter can only see the board that has these spray paint or these uh, dots on them, blue and, and red dots on them. He can't see the target that he's trying to hit. He just knows that that target is at 1,000 yards. It's the, um, it's the spotter's yeah, job to give round. him an aiming point and then walk him into the target. And, man, people were, like, messing with their dope. You know, don't mess with your dope because the, the yardage didn't change. You just need to mess with the aiming point. So that's the feedback I was given after. Here's what I would have done if I were you, sir. And basically, it, it went like that. But then Frank and, and uh, Elliot walk, uh, come up, and they figure out who's going to shoot, who's going to spot, whatnot. 
And I didn't, I didn't tell Frank shit. I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't tell Frank didn't shit. Didn't have to. No, he, he got down there and he thought, okay, here's what we're going to do. It's 1,000. Boom, he dialed up. What you, 8-5? 8-5. 8-5. Um, and Elliot, I want you to aim at the orange dot, two inches left, two he inches low. He gave me low. two tenths. No, he gave me two tenths left. And, and, and Rob turns around and looks at me and goes, did you tell him that's a perfect aiming point? I said, dude, I ain't telling him nothing. I'm, I'm not telling him nothing. I'm with a smart guy. Yeah, yeah. And, and so Frank aces the freaking course. And the, every, all these, all these uh, snipers are standing behind me, and they just got destroyed by it. I mean, really, I don't think they had the concept. I don't know. This is one of Frank and I's home range. We get it. Uh, Frank knew immediately what, what this was all about. But these guys were, they thought they were looking at God. I mean, they, they just were like, how did he do that? You can't even see the target. Six they didn't six, understand yeah. the defilade type thing, you know. So it just gave us an opportunity to Well, those Air Force to, to kids came up to me. He goes, he, 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 the, the, when I came off that line, the Air Force kid come up to me and he goes, dude, you just got eight foot tall. Yeah, exactly. That's what he said to me. He's like, you just got yeah. eight foot tall in this place. Hey, so we were on a, we had some momentum, so we mm, just ran with it, man. We, and, and so then we go back to the, um, to the table and back this, to the lodge. Yeah, at the lodge. Rather, we go back to the lodge. Uh, <coughs> overall, they don't do scores. They don't post anything, but they do. They award top three. Two got two out of the three. Top three were from my squad. So, uh, the, to two Air Force guys were top three. I at the end of the awards and all that, I I, I went over James and I said, I'm pulling privilege. Where did I land? And because and, they'll email them next week with like pictures and all kinds of stuff, and they'll give you a breakdown of your scores. So I want to know now, you know, because they don't they don't tell you what where you, you finish because that way it doesn't get in people's heads. There's yeah. no ego. Yeah. And Everybody they, has fun. Right. Top three guys get paid, not paid, but they but, get they yeah. get awards. Yeah. So I came in sixth. Right. Dropped. I had a few mistakes. Uh, stages were weird. They had some craziness that was um, out there, but I came in sixth overall. With a guy I've never shot with before, never communicated like that with before. Yes, he's been a student in this class um, years ago. I don't think he's been here for three years. Right? Yeah, it's been a while. Um, so anyway, uh, you know, happy with my, my performance. Did well. I'm proud of you, Frank. Yeah, yeah, and that, and that overall. So I'm cool, man. You know, because it was all time, too. It was a time element. I'm slow as shit now in, in, in that kind of thing. I'm, I'm falling out of my ability to comp well. And it's my body's not responding, my eyesight's not responding, I'm slow to focus, and, and so that kind of stuff. But I recognize it and I could see it. So we go back to the lodge, everybody's having a blast, right? So we sit at the table with the army, and um, I, I, you know, I start talking to him. I said, when you were down there training with Mark, did he talk weaponized math with you? And they said, no. And I said, oh, wait a minute. So <clears throat> they, they stepped up to the stage with nothing but mill in mind, uh, or rather uh, meters. Everything in their world is meters. And it's really, really d disturbing to me. The, uh, they didn't really know, uh, well, they knew how to uh, .91, you know, to get, to get the yards. But basically, even when I told them, guys, this is yards, not meters, they still didn't get it. You know, they were still trying to dial on 100 meters. And I said, guys, this is yard. Dial on 910, or, you know, mm -hmm. dial on 910. And so they finally got that. But anyway, um, the whole weaponized math works for yards and meters. It doesn't matter. So, no, I didn't explain it to them because I was, I was too busy getting that confusion out of their heads, you know, with the yards and meters. So, anyway, you started explaining what weaponized Yeah, so what I did is I pulled my phone up and I pulled out Keynote from Apple and I pulled up the weaponized part of my PowerPoint. And I showed them. 
And of course, they're army, they're Kestrel guys, and they do, you know, that doctrine, the Horus and the um, and the Kestrel doctrine that they teach and all that. I said, dude, this will change the game. And I showed them, I explained it to them, and then I, because our PowerPoint has our worksheet in it, you know, where you'd show the math. You know, we're not Common Core, we're showing you the math. It's 1.0 times 175, you know, that kind of stuff. And they can see it and visualize it. Well, then we have that dope column on the end. And I said, this is what you use to put in your Kestrel. I said, you don't listen to how they tell you with that Kestrel. I said, you just go right to 600. Line up 600. Does this match your dope? No. Roll your muzzle velocity till it matches the weaponized math number. Good. Got it. Now, go to 800. Does this match in your Kestrel? No. Okay. Spin the BC middle number until it does. Very small, usually. So then, I said, now, your Kestrel is trued, and it'll travel. They, they looked at me, and, like, the lights went on, but they were like, why is it that easy, and we're not doing that? And I said, well, this is big business, and they make a lot of money. And I said, once you take the money out of it. It's easy. It's easy. You know, if I have to sell you, or if I want to sell you a training package to the military, and I might charge the military 80, 100 grand for his section to teach them how to push the buttons on the Kestrel, I better show them how to push every button on the Kestrel for 80 grand and dig into it, and I'm going to go the long way. <coughs> but then they never really show them the short way because it would, you know, and I Defeat said, the long way. Right. They would defeat, totally defeat the long so way. So I said to him, I said the same thing with weaponized math. I said, Mark, come up with this. This is a genius thing. He doped gravity. Gravity's consistent. Here's what we're doing. And I said, we can't, or didn't patent it or do whatever, trademark patent, whatever you want to call it. Because I want everybody to use it. Yeah, one, you want everybody to use it, but it's gravity. He doped gravity. I mean, it, all it is is a percentage. So you're going to tell me, so it's 63%. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna patent that the, the the difference between eight and nine. Well, you had a guy patent four. I guess you do. Right? <laughs> a guy can patent, patent number four that already existed before that guy's grandfather was born. Right? If you can patent a mill, maybe I can't patent one point seven five times your three hundred. But it's stupid. Because there's other ways to make money and to do things right. If they taught the marksmanship, which is what they don't do, they don't teach them to shoot. They teach them to push buttons. And then when it they showed. get behind it the showed. gun, it showed. they can't fucking push the button right. And he goes, we've never been able to do what they showed us. He goes, every time we pull our Kestrel out, it's wrong and we're, we're chasing it. I, I, I laid a guy down, one of the snipers, and I said, dial on 8-1. Resolve your parallax, get in your prone position, I'm going to walk you into the thousand. And he said, yes, sir. And he got down in his prone position. I gave him one of my rear bags. We firmed him up. He was solid, firm. I said, now give me 0.3 left at, at 1,000. He sends it. He gets a first-round hit, and he, couldn't be, he said, I couldn't believe that. He said, I couldn't believe that you walked me on in the first round. I, I, actually, I wanted him to miss so I could walk him onto the target. Mm -hmm. But I gave him a hit. I was assuming he was going to miss. The kid was a better shot than I thought he was. But basically... He shouldn't be astounded that 
he can be walked onto a target in one round. That right. shouldn't be coming out of his mouth from a from a U.S. Army sniper. You know what I mean? Right. So there's something they're missing, and it's a little bit of confidence. Maybe maybe it's because it's a, a hazing environment they're learning under. I don't know, man. But I'm gonna take these guys up there. We're gonna spend a whole day. I said, dude, we'll, we'll stay overnight. We'll spend two days if you want. But I'm gonna change your life forever because right now you're telling your mom I'm a I'm a U.S. Army sniper. But are you that good? And what I saw, they weren't that good yet. Mm-hmm. And, and so basically, I'm just, I said, I'm going to bring you to my level. I'm going to do everything I can do to bring you to my level in two days. And mm-hmm. so we're going to do it. We're going to do it for yeah. free, man. And, They're all about it. And, and that's the thing, man. It's like, uh, it's, it's, it's this whiz-bang world. You know, you, you, you got to have the AB, you know, which a, I love AB. It works. I'm, it's it's no, no drama there. But that's after you, do in, you put in this. And then with the weaponized math, there is no truing. There is no inputs. There is no, I mean, there's something like 12 inputs that a ballistic computer needs that have to be correct. And if you're standing in the middle of nowhere and you don't know how long your fucking bullet is, right. how are you going to get that? Exactly. And then on top of that, they're, they're not understanding truing in all of this. So if you dope with weaponized math, it's pre-trued. Then you take the pre-trued info match the computer and why this is why i don't turn on spin drift coriolis because it's already in the number i'm using <coughs> i don't want the kestrel to give me more of it the kestrel's already given me three percent of something that's only one percent they give you three so you could see it to prove them right but it's only one percent okay but i'm giving the computer a number that includes it so why do i want to include it twice because what it was was it was designed to be in a fob at 25 yards to chronograph your gun and they were hoping and expecting because kind of works in the artillery world a little bit this way that if i put in the right number my muzzle velocity as recorded my sight height the bullet information that mark's talking about i'm gonna get a hit when they walk out the door However, we all know that's not how that it works. That does not work that way. Okay, you're changing your muzzle velocity in the computer because that's the only way. The computer only has two ways, really, to adjust that curve. The muzzle velocity and the BC. You can fuck around with sight height, too, but muzzle velocity and BC, right? But if they're telling you muzzle velocity, muzzle velocity, muzzle velocity, they're bending the curve unnaturally. So... Now I give you a custom curve. See, the, the bitch is the custom curves. We get guys that need to tweak the custom curve and they can't because it's locked. And it's not their custom curve, it's Brian's, you know? And so, yeah, he's trying to get you the best average he could possibly give you through, you know, numbers, but I can give you a custom BC just by you shooting your gun with that bullet. And I'm gonna roll it and change it. And so then that lines up the computer so much better. I use the Kestrel. I just don't use it like they tell you to use it. You know, I don't have that moneyed incentive to follow that model. And and that's just how it is. And so these kids, man, I'm, I'm taking them through this and showing them and their mind's blown. And it's like, whoa, you know. Shouldn't be blown. It, it, it's but hey, here's the best part about it. Remember in the corporate class, and we were in the in the PowerPoint presentation, and I said, "Who here's running a ballistic solver?" 
And everybody looked at us like, we were, what's a ballistic solver? Okay, then, we got something we can work with. Because they came in with no expectation, no, not worried about how long their bullet was or how fast it was, no expectation. They shot for data. Mm -hmm. Nobody they, was running a solver. No. So they got solid data without worrying about a whole solver equation, you know? It's, so. it's crazy, man. I use a solver. I, oh, they had odd ranges. Right, so I dope my rifle out on this range for for this match, right? Because I had bring up fresh ammo. I brought up the Burger 153.3s, right? Um, or was it 153.5, something like that? Never shot them before. Uh, brought up the uh, the straight jacket barrel, the one you know, the heavy taper, a little longer. I brought up a game. No barrel. taper at all. Right, no taper. <laughs> um, uh, on my AT, I had my AT. I had a straight jacket barrel on it, 6.5 Creed, and I shot Burger 153s. Okay, so I never did that before in that combination with my zero comp. I go out in the day of the class, during the corporate class, I doped my rifle out, same way, weaponized math, all the way out, and the, they, the range added odd range, you know, 50. So I have three, 350, four, 450, five, 550, six, seven, eight, nine, a thousand. So I run it out weaponized math and I have that on my arm bar. <laughs> then they have targets, you know, 555, 663, and I can do a tenth because I, I got 550, 555, I'll add a tenth up. Okay, no big deal. I, I don't have a 660 or a 650, but I have 6 and 7. I can look at the number between and go 0.6 to 660, but I use my computer. I went and took my weaponized math. I true to track in my trace out and... It lined up perfect to a thousand, and I said, "Cool." Well, when a weird range came up, I pulled out my computer, I looked at it, wrote it on my armbar, and it was perfect. No, no drama. And, and and so I do go to the computer, but I, I you know, I'm not face in the computer. I'm. It, it's just. It, it's not fun. It's go there, get a solution, close it down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not stay there, live there. Yeah. Because you know, you know what's gonna happen. It. I'm gonna go look at the computer, and I happen to have my phone in my hand. Well, let me go see what's on Twitter. Oh, what the fuck is this guy doing to the country today? You know what I mean? And now I'm at. You know, now I'm looking at five sixty nine. He's doing five sixty nine. Five fifteen sixty nine gas yeah. is what he's. You know yeah. what I mean? That controlled demolition these guys got going on, and they think we're. You know what? They, they're just so, they're, they have no, zero fear. They have zero fear now. They're just, they're doing it out in the, in, in the. Real world fuck. Yeah. But anyway, so this is kind of what we get at with these classes. This is why it works and it's so efficient. I mean, we're not overcharging. We're, we're not doing stuff. Um, It, it, it is what it is. It, it, it's that kind of thing. We're correcting the shooter. And we're not overcomplicating him. You know, he's not having to run a lot of stuff in his head. He's not looking at this other stuff. He could just write his dope on it, flip his arm bar, and that's the number. I'm shooting this. Then I told him. The last thing I said, you know, with all of this when we are at the table, before we really started drinking. Um, like really started. Really started drinking. You can hear Jesus my voice. Anyway, Christ. so... It it, it, it it was like, oh, I, I'm going to miss my point now because my brain's not working. Brain fog. Uh, not, where was I going? The last thing that I told him. Uh, I can't answer. Uh, I you, can't help you, man. No, nah, I don't I'm remember. I'm sitting over here in a, like a zombie. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember. We'll go back to it. But uh, anyway, 
It, 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 it is what it is, man. Or did you start working math with them at the table? Yeah, or, I did. Or, yeah, the Kestrel? Oh, uh, uh, no, I, I showed them the weaponized math. Okay. I didn't touch the Kestrel. Anyway, so, beyond that, yeah. we had a great week, man. It, 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 Rock-solid week. A little, little long, you know. I mean, nine days up there at the lodge is a little bit long. Um, we both got homes we want to go back to and whatnot. You, 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 know, you but should tell them about the the rear bag and bipod dance again because they did see that and saw how it worked. Yeah, I sold. I think I sold. We had thirty students, and I think I sold seventeen rear bags. It was that catchy, you know. All I did was improve one guy, and then everybody started coming over. Hey, can I get one? Of, hey, can I get one of them? And it's not about the sale, guys. It's about the improving the shooter and making it my life so much easier. Instead of me chasing this guy shot after shot who's diving in the bag or loose bag or whatever, I don't do that anymore. And so it makes my life a, a hell of a lot easier, man. So. Well, one of these things is um, it was Mark's going to put an article. I have an article for Mark, and it's going to be on the rear. We already did an article on your bag and bipod on the front of Sniper's Hide, right? There's an article if you search in there on balancing that, ba that um, bag in your bipod. Well, we did an article with Mark's rear bags here, and in one of them, you know, I, I put my war horse down, because I keep the war horse up here and use it. I put the war horse down like everybody does, and, you know, they shoot down there. Now, we get compromise. We talk about compromise all the time, and we get it. Well, you can see the difference. How are you supposed to manage the back of the rifle? Because people don't understand the concept of a rear bag. And how you can't get around that as consistently. So, yeah, if I have to go shoot off a barricade, drop to the prone, take a shot on a big piece of steel, bounce up, go on a, a tank, tank trap, trap, shoot it, drop prone, shoot. Yes, the war horse is, is what I'm going to use. Because it's one or two shots on a big plate. But if I'm going to be gathering data, if I'm going to be doping my rifle, if I'm going to be doing all these things that require best practice, uh, you know, because we even asked them. Um, oh, yeah, we got to go. You got to um, I got to go to the airport pretty yeah. soon. Um, we even asked them, you know, what happens when you shoot high? They said we just change our dope. Yeah. But it's them falling in the bag. We've talked about it. Anyway, yeah, I got to go. Um, we had a Rolex. We had a Sea Dweller at the course, man. I'm so proud of that. Uh, we, called, we had two mats and two Chris's. So we had we had Stable Chris, who was a huge guy, the immovable object. Mm -hmm. We had Slender Chris, and we had Apple Watch, uh, Matt, Apple Matt, Apple and, Matt, and, and Rolex, Rolex Matt. Wrote it on their wrote it on their uh, name tags. It was yep, awesome, yep. man. Guys, thanks everybody that came out. Thanks everybody at Arctic Guardian. Thanks for James and all the ROs and everybody that helped. Thanks Steve Haight. Oh, man, um, Steve Hate. Th thanks for, you know, all that stuff. Mark, we got great cast, man. Great yeah. time. Thanks to the Sheep Creek Log. They stepped up their food game. Oh, yep. Really good food. Presentation through the roof. All the bartenders, they hustled, man, um, really, really well. A lot of people, man. A lot of people in this lodge this weekend. Great week. We'll do it again in yep. July, brother. Yep. Hey, Talk thanks for listening, soon. guys. Bye.